welcome back to another edition of Any Given Thursday. Uh, we're joining you after watching Thursday's action in match week two, um, where we just saw Arsenal and PSV play to it. Oh, wait. Wait. No, we didn't. Never mind. Uh, that's right. The first fixture of Group A was canceled, uh, or postponed, rather, because of the death of Queen Elizabeth. And God forbid Arsenal fans mourn by watching the only thing they love. Um, so that didn't happen. But you know what did happen in Group A? Bodo glimped in Zurich, where Bodo took the three points, two to one, over the Swiss. Um, and I have to say, Bodo were probably worthy winners. Um, yeah, 22-year-old Hugo Vetlison headed home in the second uh, headed home their second goal in the 58th minute, um, seeming like pretty much sealing the three points. But then uh, Zurich's Avdia put in a real belter from the uh, from the corner of the box into the top corner, um, made it interesting for a little bit. But I think this was a fair result. Yeah, definitely agree. Fair result. I like that we went into this episode no intros. We nope. just kind of dove right nope. in. Uh, they know Bodo, who we are. At this point, they should. Yeah, Bodo Glimp definitely deserved the three points here. Abdiaj's goal was really nice. I like him as a player. He's still relatively young. Mm-hmm. So I think he can do good things in the future. And he put on a little bit of a display today, but he was not enough to overcome Bodo Glimt. Fair play. I'm Max. This is David. This is Any Given Thursday. Bum, 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 bum. Neither of us nailed our prediction, bum, bum, but we were bum, both bum, 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 pretty close. Bum, bum. Yeah, we both had Bodo I winning. I was talking over that so that we don't get copyrighted. Dum, 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 dum. Uh, moving on to Group B. This is the Europa League, by the way. God, I really bottled this, didn't I? Yes. Uh, Ren 2 to Fenerbahce. This was a pretty wild one. Um, Fenerbahce, or excuse me, Ren looked like they had it sealed up uh, with 10 minutes to go. Uh Fenerbahce, though, coming down from 2-0, scoring in the 60th and the 91st minute dramatically on a penalty uh, to level. Uh, Ren scored twice in the 52nd and 54th, uh, with two balls in behind, kind of similar goals, um, which is three minutes in, be- in each other, where uh, Terrier and Mayer, respectively. Um, but we had another pretty nasty finish um, from from Kavechi of Fenerbahce to draw him back to a 2-1. Yeah. Yeah, and it set up a very enticing finish to the match. Sure did. So in the, what was it, was the 80th minute, 83rd, 83rd. something around there, uh, Fenerbahce had been attacking for a bit, putting pressure on Ren, you know, as you do when you're down a goal. And Hamari Traore said, I've had enough. <laughs> I can't stand this I'm anymore. I'm too tired. I need to come out of the game. And he just kind of, you know, punched socked the guy in the face. Yep, punched him right in the face. So... Obviously, he get a red. He got a red card for that. He's also the captain, though, so you have to be smart. Not punch people in the face. Oh my god! I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, like I don't understand how you can get so frustrated that you just punch a guy in the face. Yeah, that has never been. Wasn't a great look. He's gonna get a suspension for sure, too. Yeah, Um, I've I've fought competitively, uh and I still never got frustrated enough that I said, you know what I want to do? I just want to punch this guy in the face. Punch someone in the face. It wasn't. I don't understand what he's thinking. But Fenerbahce rallied around that red card and managed to get the ball in the box, and it was Joe Rodon pulled down a oh, Fenerbahce attacker. Can't oh, Joe. who got pulled down. I don't either. Uh, but it set up a penalty, which Fenerbahce converted, 
led to a bit of another scuffle. Love a scuffle. Where Teat ended up on the ground claiming he was headbutted. <laughs> they varred it and nothing happened from the VAR check. So we didn't get to see a replay of the scuffle. So I just assume nothing really happened there. But yeah, not a great result for Ren to drop three, or I guess two points, drop two yeah, points here. Especially up 2-0 at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, as we move on to the other two members of this group, well, uh, before we go, they should. Out. I was guess they should probably still be. You know, they'll both be favorites to come out. So yeah, this not ideal, a, but uh, you know, this isn't a reason to worry if you're a Ren fan. No. All this would be is maybe a sign that you might have to play those two extra games, the first qualifying round for the knockout stages, that kind of weird in between round, or just go get a result at Fenerbahce. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, or go get a result at Fenerbahce. A lot of matches to go, but Ren did. Kind of do a good job, I thought, before the whole collapse of putting pressure on Fenerbahce by using their speed, getting those through balls. You mentioned that they scored two really quickly, mm-hmm. but even outside of it, they had a couple right after that moment and one right before that moment where they put pressure on that way. So at least now they know what they can do to hurt Fenerbahce when they go to Turkey. Let's move on to the other side of the group, uh, Kiev and Larnaca. AEK uh, defeats Kiev in Poland 1-0. Um, through a delicious free kick from Gyurksu, I believe is how you pronounce his name, um, from left side of the box. It was uh, lovely. Yeah. Beautiful finish. Top corner, upper 90. Brilliant. Did anything um, else happen in this game? The not that I can, time? not that I can see. I think not Kiev, really. from the stats at least, having slightly higher XG, um, and more shots, maybe was a little bit unlucky to lose because of one brilliant free kick, but it is what it is. They didn't create a lot of early. You sit back a little bit yeah. more than maybe you would have because you are protecting that lead, especially in the second half. It's a super good result for uh, AEK. Pretty even game, pretty yeah. uneventful outside the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. This puts them in a good position to carry on and try to at least get third in this group, you'd think. Yeah, um, it's a huge game for third place, yeah. I think. Uh, group C, Roma 3, nil HJK. Um, this game, uh, I hate to say it, I hate to say the, the, the commentator pundit, uh, cliche, but it was a game of two halves, um, both of which HJK were bad. (laughs) So HJK gives the ball away, um, outside their own box, like 15 minutes in and, uh, uh, Bilotti is quite possibly through on goal. But he's through, I mean, he needs to be taken down, and it's the last man, and so straight red. <laughs> so not quite the way you want to start in your first trip to the Olympico. The tackle itself was also kind of a borderline red to begin with. He gets the studs into Velotti's shin while also simultaneously shouldering him in the middle of his chest without getting the ball at all. So just all in all, not a great situation. Yeah. And you'd think 15 minutes in, oh god, they're going to lose, like, they're going to pull a Southampton and lose like 9-0. Uh, but they actually keep Roma at bay for the entire first half with 10 men. Yeah. Very impressive. And then at halftime, Jose's like, fuck, we need to take this seriously because we fucked up last week. He brings on Dybala, he scores immediately. And Pellegrini taps in off his, I think his dick a few minutes later. <laughs> Somewhere around that <laughs> and, part of uh, And Beloti also scored for them. I think it might be his first goal for the club. I believe it is. He might I'm be off the positive. mark. Either way, uh... You know, for a guy who hasn't played a lot of European football, probably a good feeling, even if it's against a team from Helsinki. But uh, they just about they just about took care of business um, and responded in the second half. 
And I know on this show we're going to give Jose a lot of criticism, mm-hmm. especially Max Will. Yeah, fuck you. But as much as Roma struggled to break down Helsinki in the first half and capitalize on the 10 men, I thought his substitutions at halftime... Uh, bringing really, on Paolo really, Dybala? Well, bringing on Dybala <laughs> for Vigna. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Taking off a center back. He also subbed Ibanez yeah. out and brought Smalling on, which was needed because Ibanez was awful. Yeah. Again, so that's a worrying sign if you're a Roma fan how bad Abanias has been the last yeah. few days. But that's not the main point. Taking off a center back and bringing on Dabala and letting Zaniolo, Pellegrini, and Dabala play together behind a striker. It's the first time I can remember him doing that with this Roma squad. So I really like that he was experimenting with that and that it seemed to work. And those three players experimentation. I know. When was what is that? I know it's not something you expect. I do worry long term about Roma's inability to rotate in these games. We saw this last year too. Where like in theory, they even with some of the injuries they have to Van Alden, etc., they should be deeper than last year. Well, but they keep. But ever in the last two years, we've seen a lot of, especially on the road in Europe, a lot of really questionable performances. That said, they did win the fucking Conference League. I but don't know if it's a depth issue because... They just have people at, that don't look, per- seem to perform that well when they're... Th- is what I mean. Yeah. Not well, that they I'm don't have bodies. Just, they have bodies. Look at the guys they have on the bench, right? And the guys who came on and contributed. But guys like Shamordov were still on the bench, right? Chelik still on the bench. Those are good players who can make differences in games, and they were able to still leave them on the bench. I think the issue is Jose... Who doesn't like to rotate? Yeah, Matic has played I think six straight ninety this minutes. This was exactly the same problem at Tottenham when we were playing Europa and Conference League games. Is that he'll he'll uh, it was the Europa League actually that yeah like he'll well you know go out somewhere like Vitessa. I mean that was in Conference League play. I can't think of an example off the top of my head of that group, but like you go to like a difficult place to play and uh, and you. You know, they you're, suddenly you're down one nil at halftime. Um, he's rotated there are four or five people that aren't performing, uh, possibly because they don't feel that part of a squad. You know, well, and then all of a sudden, just... next thing you know, Kane and Son are on, and they win two one just about. Like I've seen this so many times. Yeah, and it's a little different gonna, today. At home, they're not going to have the legs underneath them. They're not yeah. going to be used to playing a sixty to seventy minute game, even if you do sub them out. So no wonder they're not going to contribute. I mean, Matty Kamara is clearly good enough to beat HJK. But he didn't look very good when he came on because he's not used to playing because he has only played maybe 70 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a long-term concern for me in yeah. general. I'm also concerned about Matic's ability to walk when he retires <laughs> if he continues to play with Jose. <laughs> anyway, uh, over in Spain, Real Betis 3 to Ludogorets. Another, uh, Betis just about hung in there today and looked comfortable for a lot of the game, but you have to say it. It's another really impressive showing for Ludogorets. Um, they have they clearly um, a bit underrated clearly, coming in. Yeah, they're I clearly think. unfazed by like the scale of their opponents or the atmosphere too. Um, so fair play to them. Um, and they, to be honest, they missed a big chance in stoppage time to equalize too. It was dragged just wide of the near post, and they could have grabbed a point here. I mean, otherwise, like Betis probably deserved the three points. Um, but you know, just want to give a shout out to them. Uh, Enrique opened the scoring for Betis, but the the real goal of the game came from the aged Joaquin, the forty one year old legend of of Betis and Sevilla, not the club, the city. Um, he uh, he opened up his body just in the outside of the box on the left side, curled in to the far to the top far corner, real beauty for him. Um, one of the best goals of the day. Yeah, probably the best goal of the day, mm-hmm. I think. And you. 
pointed this out to me, but he's the oldest player to score in Europa League or UEFA Cup. That's what I heard on the the broadcast, yeah. The oldest player to score in the history of that tournament. So, shout out to Joaquin. Good Good job, we love you, Joaquin. sure he's listening. Uh, Let's move on to Group D, where uh, Union Saint-Gilois defeated Malmo 3-2. This was a pretty pretty happening one, too. Yes, lots of goals in this one. Cisse notably opened the scoring with his first goal. For Malmo, so that he was got his first the goal. Mark. Yeah, how about that? Good for him. Uh, um, yeah, they. But the response came soon. The seventeenth minute, Teddy Tuma, who was the star of the show today, the captain uh, for Saint Gilles, lifted in a gorgeous cross deep into the box, and Burgess headed home. Um, and they were pretty clearly, I think, the better team for most of this game. Malmo only had three shots. But two of them went in because they went up again in the 57th minute. Um, no, I'm sorry. In the yeah, in the 57th minute, and then again, Teddy Tuma, the legend. This time he took it himself. Way instead. outside the box. Yeah. Uh, yeah, low into the bottom right corner. I got it like at least 22 yards out. Great goal. Um, but then what happens, David? Well, then Boniface, Boniface, I don't know how to say his Boniface, name. Boniface, probably. Boniface, I don't yeah. know. Fuck well, it. he scored cares? in the 71st minute. He sure with- did. A really nice goal. He picked up the ball outside the box and drove it in with strength. Shook off a couple defenders on his way into the box and buries it through the keeper's legs. Yeah, it was sexy. He just I don't know manhandled him, the defenders. I, I know you watched the goal, obviously, but the way the keeper just falls back, yeah. his legs together and arms spread wide. Yeah. Felt Damn it. so yeah. defeated. Yeah. You There's so much power there was in the no shot. way yeah. Malmo were going to get that yeah. third goal. Yeah, Malmo didn't really offer that much offensively, which was... A little, I mean, I didn't think they haven't been in great form like we've previously talked about in the league. So I wasn't like I thought this was the result. I expected Jillwas to win, but um, I thought it would be a little more calm affair than this. Um, <laughs> what is it doing down here? It's recycling. What is that? It's breaking. Uh, All right, the other game in Group D was over in Portugal. This was a vital game for Union Berlin. And I don't think they, they shot the bet again. came through. Yeah, once again, a bit of European struggles for Union Berlin. They've had about 0.5 xG in both of these first two matches. Um, while and while like Braga didn't create much either, um, you know the home atmosphere I think was enough to drag them to the three points. And you know Union are up against it now. They got zero points through two games. It's gonna be tough to tough to finish top two now. Yeah, the only bright side for them is that their next two are against Malmo, who should be the weakest team in the group. Yep. So if you win both, gotta of those, get them twice, and you have to hope that it's a sweep the other side as well, right? So that way you go into the last two, you're even on points with somebody. And Braga or Union Sancho have already qualified. Maybe they rest some players against you. That's, they will get Braga at home too. Yeah. I think that's uh, just one of the concerns. Though, is that you're almost now reliant on the results in other games. Mm-hmm. to go through. Uh, I also, Union Berlin, I thought they did a really good job defensively, except for the goal. Yeah. You know, they kind of let Braga in pretty easily on that one, and the goalkeeper, he's able to parry it away, but not... He puts it right back in the path. Yeah. Yeah, he should do a little path. better there. Uh, but yeah, the offense is the concern right now. Mm-hmm. Um, group E, Sheriff nil to Manchester United. Um, I'm sure many Manchester United haters were hoping for a little bit of Tiras Bull magic here. It was not the case today. It was pretty ordinary run-of-the-mill. Three points for them. Uh, they didn't really stuff the sh- stat sheet by any means. They only actually had eight shots in the game. 
Um, but as, but they scored early and twice in the first half. Sancho had a nice finish inside the box in the bottom right corner. And then Cristiano Ronaldo finally got off the, the his goal mulligan uh, with a penalty. Um, and after that, it was just a... He just so a, relieved. He did. He really did. Um, but after that, it was just a matter of... Uh, it's the matter of controlling the game. They didn't really have to do much from there. Yeah, Not I'm that. a little, little concerned about Sheriff's ability to respond when they fall behind because nobody in their back line can create offensively. It's a very defensive-oriented back line. Both the fullbacks are going to stay back. They're going to keep their position. And the midfield is just lacks a little bit of quality for this level, as I think you'd expect. Unless they're playing Ammonia. Yeah, apparently. Or Real Madrid. Yeah. Well, uh, so... I just I worry about their ability if they fall back to then go and get that goal. Even if defensively, I do think they look fine defensively. United are just a good enough team that you're going to allow a couple goals if you're a team of shares level. Yeah. Uh, Sociedad 2 won Ammonia. Uh, we mentioned on Wednesday that Sociedad lost their uh, the striker they just signed, uh, Umar Sadiq, possibly for a long-term thing. Yeah, with the ACL. Yeah, it's so not great. Probably and Oryazabal, their captain and and creator, is and penalty taker, is still out uh, with I believe also an ACL, uh, but he should be coming back soon hopefully for them. But yeah, so they're a little short on their attacking options, and I think it showed today. They struggled uh, to really create that much uh, in and around the box and Ammonia's deep line. Um, their breakthrough came uh, when Guevara hit. Uh, I don't know if he was on the volley or the half volley, but it kind of popped up so, for him. Yeah. And uh, he struck it with ferocity. Very nice goal. Into the goal. Lots of power, um, but it took, you know, something from outside the box to really break through. And then you think, like, Ammonia had two shots in this game. Like, they're not going to offer much, but they do score in the 72nd minute to give Sociedad a real scare. Uh, sort of cross comes in and it sort of bounces around, hits a bunch of bodies, falls to Felipe of ammonia who just about puts it in the net uh it was ugly yeah barely was that the one that one of the ones that barely crossed the line too right i think so yeah yeah. it was an ugly one but just to put a little context on ammonia only getting two shots though their xg was 0.47 so the shot that went in was a very high percent chance it was right there i was trying to use the stats to show yeah how easy a finish it should have been yeah. And even then, Ammonia thought they were, like there were bodies in front hard. of him, but yeah. yeah. Um, it was like literally the only thing they created all night. And it almost got him a point, but uh, Sociedad did respond with a winning goal, uh, which is definitely deserved. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and they're in good shape with that United win. But they are just a little short on 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 uh, on finish, finishing, I believe. Yeah, let's move on to Micheland. Group F, or as I like to call it, group blowout. Every game has been a blowout yeah, so far. Well, well said. Yeah. Uh, uh, this possibly the shock result of the day. I, Michelin five one Lazio. I would definitely say the shock result. Jesus Osmo for Lazio. What a fucking they mess. They were horrible. Really bad. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the first half I didn't think they were that bad, but I thought they were pretty bad. I outside of the two goals, they looked fine. The it thing was that, just. When they allowed the goals, they played horribly. They were pressing, but the press wasn't. But that's the effective. thing. That I think the press hard. wasn't effective throughout the entire game. That they were they're pushing high up the field, and like simple, quick triangles from Michelin are absolutely wrecking them. 
they pass they get so easily through the lines and into lots of space and around the box um and the first two when the first goal came for Mitchell and it was beyond deserved like they oh. should have been up already they were up 2-0 at halftime and you're like all right Lazio played bad on the road they're gonna come out. They're gonna make this a game, and they played worse in the second they played half. Much worse in the second half. They played worse, especially right off the bat in the second half. The, the first half, I thought Michelin deserved to be in the lead. Definitely. Right? There's no doubt about that. I wasn't trying to say Lazio were better than Michelin, which I guess you know, if you're getting outplayed by Michelin as Lazio, it is a bad half. Yes, it is. But I thought two nothing. I'm like, er, I don't, like they could still be in this game if they come out and play just a little bit better. They can take two goals and go back with a draw. Then the penalty. Right away in the first penalty, half. yeah. <laughs> of the first an- penalty, more to come. And then they subbed in Milinkovic Savic. Immediately scored. Imme- immediately scores. Looks like okay, you know, Michelin were just passing through the midfield. There yeah. was no resistance through the midfield in the first half. Lazio did have trouble, or did do a decent job of keeping the ball in their midfield when they had possession, but they couldn't connect to the attackers. So you saw, okay, Milinkovic Savic, one of the best midfielders in the world. He's going to come on. He's going to make the difference. He's going to shore things up, and it looked like he did. And then they concede a second penalty. And this one, all Marusic. He was so bad today after he came on. So he like goes up to kind of play the ball that's being switched over to the right flank. And he completely misplays it. It should have been an easy header. It's, runs out, jumps in the wrong spot. Nowhere near it. Was he responsible for this? Was he the, the one who slipped on the second goal as well? Yeah, he was? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Rough. <laughs> um yeah, he was bad. So he gets beat, and then the ball gets back into the box, and he just leaves his leg dangling twice. Bam. He gets away with it the first time because I don't remember who. I think it was. Um, I think it was Isaacson drew the penalty as well, as well as scored the follow up on the miss. Uh, no, Ferreira missed the penalty. No, no, no. I think Isaacson, the one who scored after the Yes, miss. he was. Yeah, I believe he's also the one who drew the penalty. Oh, okay. So he decides to cut it back outside, and Marisic leaves the foot dangling inside, and then Marisic leaves the foot dangling outside, and it's just... Yeah, that's oh, a rough so one. so bad by him. That's rough. Um, then a good penalty save. So Yeah, that's, there that's you That's a go. nice thing Lazio did. Uh, I don't think it was a shocker that Michelin got a result here necessarily, but it was a shocker in the manner... Mm-hmm. Which they got the result. I agree. The we both mentioned that this could be a matchup that poses trouble for Lazio. The record I did not get this prediction right. This no, is you my, said four nothing. That was Lazio. the most wrong prediction of the day for sure. I definitely thought it would be a tricky fixer for Lazio, but I thought they would respond. I think in the preview I said Michelin will probably score first, but Lazio should be able to bounce back in the second half. And not I got so the much. First, huh? I got the first part right. <laughs> But yeah, they, they looked bad. But you know who looked really, really good? Uh, Feyenoord. Feyenoord looked great. 6 nothing over Sturm Graz. I'm not even going to read out the goals because there's, yeah, there's too, too many goals. Many. Uh, I felt like Feyenoord were just super clinical today. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have, they didn't have like, 30 shots in or anything, but they scored on half their shots. And they all seemed like pretty nice goals. Um, it, uh, Sturm Graz were struggling mightily to keep them out, obviously, but I didn't think... I thought 6-0 was even a little harsh on them. Like, maybe 4-3 even would have been more fair. Um, And Sturm Graz, as we saw last week, defeating Michelin at home, can play a little bit. Um, So I thought this would be a little tighter than this. This is is eye-catching. A bit of a statement from Feyenoord after getting their ass kicked last weekend. So, um, you know, 
Yep, still in this, still in, still in the contention for this group now. Everybody's on three points. Yeah, it's going to be a very tight group. I think goal difference might play a part, and Feyenoord picked up a lot of it. Yeah, they today. did. Well, Lazio dropped it, so yeah, it could be a very decisive. Yeah, and they're already moment. through their toughest fixture uh, yeah, which in was Rome. Lazio on the road. So. so yeah, good signs for Feyenoord. Uh, group G, Olympiakos nil three Freiburg. Yeesh, another Yeesh. another. Uh, Another stinker from 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 a big club. Um, yeah, not a good look for Olympiacos today. They no. got completely outplayed at every level of the park by Freiburg, who were very very good. You know, full credit to Freiburg, but I'm concerned about Olympiacos. Changes need to be made. One of them seems to be that they're bringing in James Rodriguez. So that'll solve it. That'll solve all the problems. Every team that has brought him in to solve their problems. It's worked. Has solved their problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, Freiburg scored an early free kick, and it kind of set the tone for the game. Olympiacos were just never able to get into it. They looked a step behind, and on the free kick, Freiburg were very sneaky. You know, still just took his hand off the ball, and the other player Classic German move. Mm-hmm. And Olympiacos were a step behind on the free kick, and they were yeah. a step behind all day. Indeed. Yeah, lost the XG battle 0.29 to 1.68. Uh, so clearly offered very little in front of goal while getting the run around. And they have to be very concerned about the result in the other tie in this group as well. Because that's going to put them in a tough situation trying Indeed. to even get third in this group. Indeed. And what was that situation? That, that game? result was Quarbog beating the crap out of Nantes, especially in the second half, 3-0. Fuck Yeah. Max, what did I fucking you say? You called it. You what did I fucking say? And you were right. I knew it. I absolutely knew it. Uh, yeah, it was a classic trap game with Nons coming off like their first European win in 21 years. Fans going crazy, playing a big club in Olympiacos. Then, you know, they have to play in the league in the weekend for the first time. To You know, getting doing Thursday-Sunday. Then they have to fly to Azerbaijan, which I'm sure none of them have been to, in front of a big club with yeah, with, with really good fans raucous too. fans and great kits and good kits. We'll get to that, but uh, and you know, we, let's not forget that Karabag uh, played Freiburg really tough last week in Germany, only losing two one, um, looking the stronger team for parts of the second half. Um, and Freiburg is what we're talking about as the favorites of this group, so. Um, I think they've been, I think they're maybe a little under the radar. Um, and with this result in hand, you know, like Nantes and Olympiacos have to be careful because it's a team that could not only finish third in this group, I think at this point, they could finish second. Um, if they, if they take care of business at home like this again, um, that's maybe a stretch, but I think Olympiacos in particular should be nervous about even getting to the conference league at this point, the way they've looked so far. Yeah. If I'm a Quarbach fan, I'm a little optimistic about getting out of this group right yeah. now. I'm That's my flaming hot take. I'm thinking that we might be better than Olympiacos, just think, straight up yeah. a better team. Straight up better right now, yeah. And this result against Nantes with beating them by three goals is huge. The performance against Freiburg was very good. Mm-hmm. You have to look at that and say, we can compete with all the teams in this group and we can yeah, frankly, get out of here. Going to both Olympiacos, like going to Olympiacos, I think is people will now, everybody in this group will now think that they can get a result there because people have been all fall. Yeah. And it, that was a big part of the Olympiacos. That was a big part of the Olympiacos prestige. Was that it was so hard to beat them at home. And now teams mm-hmm. are getting results there. Yeah, but they're not getting results in Azerbaijan. No, they're so not. 
that's the one that might instill a little bit of fear when you go over yeah. there next time. You know where else there was no result gotten on the road? He said, confoundingly, confusingly. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> in Turkey. Indeed, where Trabzonspor defeated Red Star Belgrade 2-1. to one. Um, And Trabzonspor, on, on the balance, were the much better team here, you have to say. Yeah. Uh, Trezeguet set up. A really nice Hamzik header in the 16th minute after almost scoring himself a minute before. Yeah, it was coming for a while that from the very first whistle that Trabzonsport opener was coming. Kongwa picked up a second yellow that I thought was fair. You at the time thought it was a little harsh. Maybe a bit, yeah. But don't feel like he catches them the, that much. Yeah, it's not it's not a hard foul, but I think if you're putting your foot in that yeah. position, it's probably down. Don't put your foot down. It was out. It was yeah. Uh, yeah, I just feel like he, he doesn't actually catch him that much, I think. And the Trousen Square player made a meal out of it. Oh, he definitely did. His face when he's going down. Yeah. Uh, classic cinematography right there. Yeah. Soon after that, Trezeguet got a goal of his own. An absolute slapping finish. Um, really caught it with the laces. Um, yeah, but then Red Star made him a little nervous at the end. Nikolic scored in the 89th, but uh, it was all done and dusted. Good win, good bounce back win for Trabzonspor after the the mess of Ferencváros last week, and well deserved. Yeah, and their coach had been getting a little bit of shtick for his performances in Europe and domestically as well. So he kind of shut How up. Quickly, people forget about winning the first league title in thirty whatever years, yeah. thirty nine years, whatever it was. Well, I think there it's not like a, we want to get rid yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. Shtick is just like come on, we have to do yeah, something yeah, in yeah. Europe. Uh, and he finally shut up some haters a little bit. I think with this performance, I thought they looked good, but. You know, when you have guys like Trezeguet and Hamzik in your front line, you should be able to get a result at home. Indeed. Which neither of us thought they would, so maybe that was our fault, but that kind of... Yeah, I kind of thought Red Star would offer a little more today, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I picked a draw. Plus, I just don't really trust Traps in sport, you know, they're not... Yeah, they fell victim to that, and they haven't done well in Europe. Yeah. History. Um, Just after the Finnish Vatosh game last week, I was like, they have to prove to me that they can... But you know, even even with uh, the the win in the pocket, they were a little bit uncomfortable at the end. Like with ten men, they concede and have to make a nervy for themselves. Like where really they should be pushing on, scoring a third, or just being comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. so not perfect, but good result for them. Monaco nil, one Ferencvaros, big surprise today, um, real shocker for Monaco. Yeah, Ferencvaros proven that. Maybe they're just a good team, and that's why they oh, beat yeah. Trapped on Spore. Maybe it wasn't just Trapped on Spore kind of goofing off in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank also had a disallowed goal. That was a very close offside call. So mm-hmm. they were in a position to score multiple times throughout this game. I don't think if you look at the stats, it will reflect that as well. Yeah, they didn't. But, they lost the XG battle and shots, etc. But yeah, on the watching the game itself... Uh, you can't say Monaco had all that much going for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one point one six xG seems honestly generous from from the eye test, which wasn't very good. They this has been another problem with Monaco. Um, first of all, they didn't have good home advantage today. Like, there was hardly anybody at the ground, um, which makes it tough in Europe because like you know you go to, back to Fenerbahce, that place is rocking, it's and you can push over you over the line. And, yeah. So it's you're already starting off in a tough position, but. Still, with the quality they have and, you know, showing that they can grind out a result, which they did last week in Red, Red Star, um, this was a surprise for me that they offered very little um, and didn't deserve the points. 
Yeah, now Ferenc Varos have six points. They're on top mm-hmm. of the group, and they play Red Star over their next two match weeks. So that'll be interesting to see if they can keep this going after the shorter, the little bit of the break that we have mm-hmm. with the international break and obviously the Europa League pausing for that yeah. period of time. Whereas Monaco now have to play Trabzonspor back-to-back. Mm-hmm. That could be really decisive. Could decide the teams. group, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was an interesting group moving forward. Yeah, it's going to um, be one of the better ones to follow. I yeah, think, it's a wide open still. Um, mm-hmm. and that yeah. takes us to the end of the Europa League. So let's transition to Group A in the Conference League. In the conference we'll league. try to be a little quicker with the Conference nah, League. Nah, we'll take our time. I say it. Yeah, we'll take our time. <laughs> we'll get caught That's up. all the good content you love. Come on. Hearts 2, RFS nil. Hearts go to Latvia and get back home with the result. Uh, I think we both predicted Hearts, but we both predicted that they would find a way to make it weird and mm. stressful. And I think they didn't totally. They didn't. I thought they were pretty. We'll say they were pretty unremarkable for most of the first half, but after they got a 43 minute penalty converted by Shankland, um, it was all pretty comfortable for them. They tapped in a, 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 another goal in the 93rd, but um, I'd say they were pretty comfortable at one nil. RFS didn't offer much in attack. Yeah. If you look at the advanced stats with the XG being 0.32 and yeah. eight shots, that's not a good, XG per shot. They're not taking, yeah. you know, dangerous shots at that point. They're just shooting to shoot. So you, you'd say this is one they, they have to win and they should win, but it's still a good, as a good result considering RFS's result last week um, and uh, at Fiorentina. And, you know, they had to win. This is their, this is the, if they lost, they were out of the group, basically. Bishakshi uh, here, three, nil Fiorentina. Ugly one for, for the Italians here. Yeah, they and an ugly one to watch for the viewer. <laughs> Especially the first, the first half was ugly to watch. Not a lot going on. They the combined half... the two teams for a .7 xG between the two of them. Yeah, not good. No. Well, I think the xG might be a little misleading for Fiorentina because they don't shoot the ball. <laughs> they had were in decent attacking positions routinely throughout this game, especially before the Bishakta here goal. You know, after that point, I think they kind of fell apart. And Bishak here after the first goal, controlled the game. We're a much better team. Until that point, Fiorentina were the better team. But they would be in attack positions and then just lay it off to somebody else. Who would then lay it off to somebody else. <laughs> who would then pass it. And then it just gets cycled back through the midfield. Uh-huh. And they wouldn't do anything because nobody has the confidence right now. Well, they still manage more shots than Bishak here who had five. Yeah. <laughs> but, but scored for yeah. three of them. Yeah, um, very clinical today. Um, it's, yeah, I'd say Bishakshir, despite a few chances, totally deserved to win. The second goal was an absolute howler oh, no from, from Fiorentina keeper Galini. It was hilarious. I don't remember who it was, but uh, someone hits a really a, a deep looping pass back to Galini. Um, it lands on a heavy bounce as uh, as Gurler of Bishakshir comes in, uh, comes to press. Um Galini needs to take a touch. It'd be risky to do it on the volley. So you understand, you take the one touch, right? And then you boot it out of there. He tries to take a second uh, sort of dribble, keeps the upsies. Yeah, keep the upsies. And he's, he's trying to count how many can he get before and he's then, under pressure. <laughs> and it was two, because yeah. the third one, uh, he was closed down. Gurler takes the ball from him and scores. Galini complains like he was fouled, but he was just being a dumbass. Um, and then he, he also kind of fucked up for the third goal. Yeah, that was a very savable We would both argue. That was a very savable shot. I mean, yeah, his positioning like is already, bad, and he gets down late. And should already say, down two nothing in the ninetieth minute. Yeah, so he it's gets not the part of a left hand on it, but he should do better there. Yeah, I'm just I'm very disappointed in Fiorentina. And I know you are. 
none of the wingers are goal scorers like we've talked about. And now with Jovic and Cabral both out of form, Jovic talked about, like, this is the first time he's playing in three years. Got to give him a little bit of time. But Cabral was playing all of he last year. He played in Frankfurt yeah. recently. Like, was, get out of here. It was almost three years ago now. No, no, he he went back on loan oh, to you're Frankfurt. Right. Yeah. That was not that long ago. No, that was... Yeah. Um, but Nico Gonzalez is so crucial to this team, I think, is what we're learning. He's the only player in that front three that's going to pose a goal threat, and they need him back. So this break is coming at a good time. Hopefully he's able to come back for them. I don't think this is as terrible a position for Fiorentina as you would expect. I mean, like... One point from two games? Yeah. yeah, It's not great. It's it's not great. It's obviously really, really bad, and it's not where they want to be. But if they win both their games against Hearts, they're on seven points with two games to go. One against RFS. Win one against RFS or beat Bashakshi here at home in the last day, and you should be through. That said, I could totally see them dropping points to Hearts away. Yeah, Edinburgh is um, not an easy place to go to. No, just Bashakshi made it look good. Bashakshi is proving to be pretty clinical so far, mm-hmm. uh, scoring a lot of goals on what hasn't been like a ton of chances. Um, so they put themselves in great position to win this group. Uh, yeah. Group B uh, featured the least exciting game of the day between Stoud Bucharest and Anderlecht drawing nil-nil. There were no goals, as you can see. The XG was combined under one. Anderlecht is a lame fucking team to watch, so let's not dignify them with any content. I don't understand how Stout Bucharest took 16 shots and got .67 XG. That's <laughs> yeah. insane. I don't know either, but so I, any game Anderlecht plays is a fucking snooze. Yeah. Um, so Silkeborg 2, 3 West Ham. This game was not a snooze. Not a snooze at all. Con- and congratulations to Silkeborg for playing well, even though they didn't get any points. I mean, they didn't play amazing, but they played pretty well. Um... Yeah, they were definitely in this game. It wouldn't have been too crazy if they managed to draw here. I think West Ham deserved the win. Yeah, it's so. Especially after Silkeborg scored early, West Ham were in control the yeah. entire first half and dominated yeah. there. Silkeborg came out in the second half, though, and they made it competitive. They picked up a goal in the 75th, continued to put a little bit of pressure on, but just weren't yeah. able to get it. What worries me for West Ham still is that they're still looking shaky in the back. Like, the first goal... Um, comes from kind of gives up a cutback to an uncontested Kusk who uh who finishes pretty easily because of the lack of pressure but he scored too early he scored too early you can't score that early you can't score early win. you don't want to score and win and yeah. you can't win if you score yeah um but I'm making fun of the comments yeah a little and bit, the second goal they here. conceded was from a counterattack where they get outnumbered um after a chance in the box or a cross or something and I'm like how do you do that up three one yeah like it's just it's just badly managed, and but they, and they've also got a little lucky because uh, uh, as they were pushing for the equalizer early on, uh, Silkeborg the defender gives up a really stupid penalty where a cross comes in, it's over Maxwell Cornet's head, but he gets two hand pushed to the ground. I just don't know what, <laughs> what he's doing. What are you doing? doing? It's nowhere close to like, him. Unless, Such a stupid pen. Unless Cornet turns into Michael Jordan and is able yeah. to get ten feet up in the air, like, right. there's. So There's West Ham no only play. trailed for eight minutes today as a result. Lanzini finished. Then Skamaka had a nice goal and Dawson yeah, Dawson well, scored off a, a set piece. On the Skamaka goal, it's played back into the Silkborg defense by themselves, and it's a terrible giveaway. Yeah. That was had me concerned that this was just going to be a slaughter because if you're doing that, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And it made me a little nervous that Silkborg will be able to keep Stalbuk resting and like quiet in their future games with them because if you're making those type of mistakes... West Ham will punish you for sure, but even Stout Bucharest and Anderlecht can still punish you if you make those kind of mistakes. Yeah. Um, 
So let's move on to Group C. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, West Ham top of the group. Top of the group. Yeah. Hapoel Beersheva one two Villarreal. Um, this the scoreline I think is closer than the game should have been. Honestly, I don't know. That XG shocks me. I thought it was a fairly competitive game. Yeah. Well, the thing is, watching. the the XG was 0.78 for Beersheva and 3.29 for Villarreal. The difference is that Villarreal had two penalties. Um, it's true. So that'll drive it up. But even still, they still would have had like you know more than one XG difference. Um, yeah, I think the result is fair. Like I thought Villarreal mm-hmm. were better. I was surprised that it was yeah as disparate yeah. as the advanced staffs are saying because I thought Villarreal were in this game for the entire time, and I was surprised. front of a good home atmosphere. Uh, Morales of Villarreal uh, opened the scoring in the twenty eighth minute. Uh, before Beersheva gave him a bit of a scare, scoring in the 63rd through Hatwell. But uh, then Baina um, calmed the Villarreal nerves in the 67th. Yeah, right away. Dan Juma missed a penalty at the very end. Absolutely skied uh, it. Skied it. But um, in the end, I think, on the in a tough road atmosphere, you take the three points, you move on. Yeah, decent result for Villarreal, who are... Top of the group. Top of the group. And who's in second place now? That would be like... <laughs> Probably. Wow, that was an aggressive way to say that. <laughs> Lech, Lech 4 1, Austria Vienne. Uh, Lech now with three points, Austria Vienne with one, and Hapoel also with one, I believe. Uh, this was a fun game. I think this is one we shouted out could be a fun game. I uh, We both picked 2 2, but Lech does see it through here uh, with a couple of later second half goals to kind of uh, bust open the scoreline here. Um, so, uh, the first goal is for uh, Ishak, the, the big Swede who scored at VRL last week. It's kind of fun. Uh, he, got, he, he finished uh, after a through ball. Shut up! So, Ishak uh, was put through and scored. Um, but Austria responded within the minute. Uh, and then had a chance to go ahead with a pen in the first half as well. But the keeper saves. Keeps us level, and then in the second half, Lex started to take over. The chances started to come. Um, in the 64th minute, uh, a lovely cross sees... Uh... <laughs> so mad right now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in the 64th minute, a really lovely cross sees Skoros finish with his right foot in the center of the box, and then uh, Velda went on the double at the end. In 76th and 90th to seal it. His first was really... You should check it out, actually. It's a nice little, like... It was like 270 turn and finish into the opposite corner. Um, that was pretty. Yeah, I didn't get to see much of this game at all. But putting the what I know from this game in with the way Lech played against Villarreal, they look like they can be a very clinical side, which is exactly what you need. If you're a team like this, you have to take your chances. Mm-hmm. And they've done a great job of that so far. Yeah, they've really they've really surprised me. I think piqued our interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I they've put themselves with a good chance to actually get through this group. Yeah, so. three points. Currently in second ahead of both Austria and Hopewell are on mm-hmm. one point. And I will be watching the Lech versus Hopewell oh, games definitely. in the next round. Those will be really... And uh, Lech's already together. played their toughest fixture as well at Villarreal and performed admirably. So um, I think the goal for them now, you know, push on second place. Um, group D, Partizan 1. 1. Nice. Nice. Um, the only thing... That didn't go as like as we projected for this game is that Nice scored early. <laughs> yeah, I thought they would score. Late. Exactly. Yeah, Laborde scores two minutes in, uh, but otherwise Partizan kept them at bay. Not that surprisingly, they got their re- equalizer and 
frankly could have won the game you think on the on the on the balance of the advanced stats but uh one one seems fair yeah we switched over to this game by the way i predicted one one uh no you did not you predicted by the way i predicted partisan to win one nil i predicted one one don't try to steal my thunder get away we switched over to having this on one of our main screens after the Diabate goal. And we were like, oh, it's, you know, it's got interesting again because it had been kind of a dull affair until then. And Partizan were so much better. They were the only team that looked like they would score and take the win. Yeah, so. I'd say not surprising at all. Cone mm-hmm. uh, 4 to Slovakia. This game was full of drama. I loved it. Oh, the drama. I loved this game. This is such a good Europa game, or excuse me, such a good conference game. Like, this is what Conference League was born for, this one. This is what it's about. It was. So, Colin's opener came from a corner uh, with Adamian tapping in at the far post, and then after that, you have to say, Cologne were really fortunate to keep Slovakia uh, from scoring in the first half. Um, Havlik hit a really wicked curler from 20-plus yards out that just uh, flashed wide of the post. And then Rhineback was played through, takes a touch to the left on his left foot, shoots low, like 8-9 yards out, but doesn't find the bottom corner, and Schwarber saves it in the clone goal, but he should have scored, in my opinion. Um, and then, honestly, Colm had a couple of really nasty tackles, too, that were yellows that could have been worse, maybe, uh, if there was VAR, um, which there was not in the Conference League. Um but then, you know, in the 40, 42nd minute, looked like Dietz of Cologne had sealed the three points for them before halftime with another goal from a corner. But uh, it's never that simple with Cologne. And uh, Slovakia came back and scored two on the other side of halftime. Um, and you have to say, del- deservedly so. Um, and then in the 54th minute, two minutes after that, Slovakia almost go in front. With uh, Kalabiska so close to his second goal in minutes, he sort of stumbles into the box with the ball, sends a low shot towards the right of the goal, but Schwarber makes a really crucial kick save that kind of changes uh, changes a little bit of the momentum in the game. Um, a clumsy penalty uh, uh, on Lubicic, which he scores, puts Cologne back on top, and then Cologne seals the nerves uh, of the home fans with a brace a few minutes later. Um, I want to say, give a shout out to Slovakia then, though, who I just realized are actually pronounced Slovatsko, so that's fun. It's going to take a while to, to yeah. beat that out of me, but really brave performance with them. The, the gift game was wild, up and down, up and down. Uh, you know, they conceded a lot of chances and lost the XG battle, obviously, but they created just as many, and I think we're unlucky to lose 4-2 today. I think they could have gotten a result here today, and they played some really fun stuff, Um and I commend them for it. Wow. I'll also, you want to know a fun stat? I do. I love fun stats. So I heard on the broadcast that I was watching that uh, Slovakko slash, slash Slovatsko have only 14 club employees outside of the playing staff. Wow. How about that? That is not And look many. at them now. Yeah, this group uh, poised to be pretty interesting over the next two weeks. Indeed. As well, we get Cole Nice back-to-back. And Partizan and Slovatsko will also be interesting back-to-back. Cole and Nice already played, though. Oh, wait. Were they the first game? Yeah. Ah. So it's partisan. Yeah, Colin was in great spot now. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I had that. Four points through two. With, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. They're in good shape. Um, group E saw Apollon. Oh, also, this oh. is a, going back to a different game. The lack of VAR. You mentioned it. And it reminded me of something we didn't mention in the West what? Ham game. 
Silkborg scored a goal that was taken off by the referee for a foul on the goalkeeper. But on the replay, mm. replay it's pretty Looks clear off, the yeah. goalkeeper just runs into yeah, totally forgot about a that. player who was just kind of standing there. Yeah. Jockeying for position, but not attempting to be the goalkeeper at all. Goalkeeper initiates contact and kind of gets away with it in that one, and they get a little bit lucky there. Totally fucking forgot about that. Yeah. Just since you mentioned the mm-hmm. lack of VAR, they couldn't review it. Probably would have been ruled a goal mm-hmm. if, depending on when he blew his whistle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just mentioning that. Yeah. Well. Uh, the difference of the Conference League versus the Europa League. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apollon won three, Dini Pro won. Yeah, not um, a shame. Didn't to say. really see that coming. Not a shame to say we got this one wrong. Yeah, we both did. Uh, we looked- both said Apollon would come out on top, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hadn't seen much from Dini Pro so far, but we were we were wrong. Yeah, they definitely deserve this result. Dominated. They, they were very, very good. And a lot of great individual performances, especially striker. Dolph Piek was really good, created a lot of chances, good movement. I off love the ball. Dolph Piek. Yeah. Dolph Bik? It's probably Dolph Bik. Dolph Bik? I don't speak Ukrainian. Uh, it just looks pretty simple to pronounce. Yeah, but I don't, <laughs> what I do you think, like listeners? D O V B Y K. Dolphic. 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 It could be Dolphic. That's, that's what I was thinking. Oh. Whatever you came out of your mouth was not close to that. Uh, I thought it, it was like Dolphic. <laughs> well, whatever. I tried. <laughs> it's the best you can do. Yeah. Uh, you know who else tried today? Vaduce. Vaduce. They, they tried. tried real hard. And they, they got pretty close. They're like that little engine that could, you know? Yeah. They looked pretty good in this game for being fun. What was the score? It's 4 1. 4 1. Thank you for sharing the score with us. I was not going to bring up the score. All right. Yeah, sure. It feels really harsh on Vaduz, who were in the game and creating some chances, including scoring in the 22nd minute, even at 1 1. And then they picked up a red card in the 61st. Bouchel picked it up, and it was, you know, one way traffic after that. Azed are very good team. They're going to make you pay for being down a man. It's unfortunate they kept it. They kept it level until the 81st minute, and then AZ tapped in a couple of stoppage time, uh, extra goals, which felt felt harsh on Vaduce. Um, they didn't deserve to go out like that. Congratulations to them for being alive. Group F saw Drew Garden beat Molda 3-2 at home. This was another wild one that I'm going to talk too much about, because it was a joy and very conference leaguey also. Just, you know... Just two teams just playing hard for for their for their for each other. For each other. Yeah. They're just playing they're just hard and playing with each other. Okay. Well. <laughs> so Molda they do, they do things differently in Scandinavia, <laughs> I guess. I gotta say this uh the first half was pretty calm actually. Uh so much that I looked away from it for a while because not a lot was happening, but Molda did get a pan in the 39th to put him up, 1-0. But then a second half popped off right away. Um, Dumbaya, uh, Dumbuya brought Jurgardens back uh, five minutes into the first half from a corner, and the Swedes were all over Molda from there, really pushing. Uh, in the 57th minute, the guy who scored the pen, Fafana, got his ass sent off for a second yellow. It's a high boot, clear yellow, clear send off. Um, and literally from the resulting free kick, the Danes score. It was a cheeky little set play. You can see, uh, you know, a close-up on the captain's face, Erickson, who was standing over the ball. He's sort of, like, darting his eyes around, super eager, um, and clearly on the replay, like, eyeing Banda on the right on his right side. Um, as soon as the whistle blows, he slips it into Banda, who 
who uh, totally surprises the defender, marking him, wasn't paying attention. Bonda slips in and scores, and Erickson is a happy lad. He's so pleased with himself. Um, it was kind of cute. Um, the drama was not over. Hardly. Because Molda scores off a counter from Breivik, and suddenly we're level again with just 13 minutes to play. Then comes stoppage time. 91st minute. Let me walk you through this. A long free kick. Lofted back post. Cleared. Recycled. Up the left flank. Lumped in all the way far post again. And then a Soro. He makes contact, but it just sort of bounces off of him, right? He doesn't really make good contact. And then it falls to the goalkeeper, who it, it hits him. It knocks off a defender. And then it knocks off a Soro's knee. And then back into the net. Uh, and I even missed one bounce off the keeper there. Crowd goes fucking wild. Cue the celebrations. That's crazy. Uh, it was an ugly, sloppy goal, but well, well deserved. Jurgarden uh, out XGing 2.74 to 1.14. And remember, Molda had a penalty. So they totally bossed the chances in the second half. Uh, we're worthy winners. Good crowd atmosphere. Fun game. Yeah, I think this surprised us a little bit. Obviously, the red changed things a lot. Molda had come in on much better form than Jurgardens. Indeed. And but both teams drew their first game in this group, so now Jurgardens have a bit of an upper upper hand on Yeah, and they they looked really Molde. I will say they looked very impressive in this game against worthy opponents. So kudos to them. So Jurgarden play Ghent twice in a row next and Molda will be going to Ireland in their next game, which has proven to be a kind of tricky place well, sticky. to go get a result, regardless of who you are. Sticky sticky. Shamrock on the road, however, not not quite not so competitive. Quite yeah, went pretty much how we expected it to. Ghent were able to prevent Shamrock from doing anything. They had big enough defenders that they couldn't lump it forward to Gaffney and have him play a header off to someone else. The gaffs, and they also had fast enough defenders that no one from Shamrock could really break through the back line. Uh, to Shamrock's credit, though, they had you know a couple decent moments, but Ghent were just much better. They go out. Yeah, and what was the winners. yeah? What was the score? What was the score I predicted? You predicted three nothing. Fuck yeah! Yeah, definitely. They took a foot off the gas pedal. Yes. And that was all part had, of my detailed they, calculations. They could have and should have had a fourth. It was all part of they, my calculations. I don't know how much you paid them to not score a fourth, but I'm just putting that out there. You know, people have been rigging games all the time, and if you rig games, you get to ref Champions League matches. You know who too. I wish I'd paid was the refs in the Cluj-Sivaspor game. Because I had predicted Cluj would win comfortably, 2-0, and yet they lost 1-0 at home. Uh, this is for not for lack of trying, as they had 29 shots in this game. Wow. I'd say Sivaspor were pretty fucking fortunate to win. Uh, they only had, you know, they, they got a pen, and that was enough to take home the three points. Is it Sivaspor were poor, or Cluj were poor? Or Sivaspor were lucky, or Cluj were just poor? Both. Well, Sivaspor must have been poor in front of goal. I mean, they had almost 2 XG... Off those 29 shots, so... Um, yeah, Cluj should have been... It is what it is. A little better. You gotta take your chances. And uh, we also have Slavia Praha, 3-2 Balkani. Balkani, I think, another team that did themselves proud in defeat today. Yeah, they only had four shots. Only two on goal, mm-hmm. but two went in, so both the shots yeah. on goal go there in. There you go. Very clinical performance from them, but Slavia Praha at home mm-hmm. are just a good team, but... It's a promising performance, I think, from the Kosovans Definitely. to be able to build on. And one that, you know, you look at this group and you probably say that game in Prague is 
one of the tougher games. Yeah, probably have. the toughest one. Yeah, uh, going to Turkey might be. Praha tough should as be well. the best team in the group. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's definitely one of the toughest games you're going to have. So that's something you were in the game, you know, until the last second. Yeah, so you have see, to think you can get a result yeah. in some of these other. Games. I'd say Balkani has proved. I think that they can compete for a second in this group, actually, which is surprising. You know, they got the result in Civis, against Sivaspor. Um, mm-hmm. It's really going to come down to the matchups with Cluj, I think. And that second game in Turkey. Uh, Balkani got the result against Cluj. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Balkani can against... absolutely beat Tibispor is what I, what I mean to say then. Mm-hmm. Um, those two will will mean a lot, I think, coming up. The yeah. next two fixtures will be against them. Yeah, I think them. The, next, the one next week in particular, the one in... So, if they can get a result at home against Tibispor, you know, then maybe they can build on that, get a result on the road, maybe get a result on the road against Cluj, something mm-hmm. like that. But this is a building block for them, I think. And even if it's not this year, they look like a team that could be back in the situation next year, the year after as well. Congrats to them. The final group today is Group H of the Conference League. Uh, first game, Zalgiris nil one Basel. Um, a bit of a snooze, this one. I expected a little more from Zalgiris personally. But, you know, there weren't that. There was like one XG combined here. Zalgiris had no shots on target. I don't think there's much more you need to say about this. Security sent Basel home victorious in the 62nd, but it wasn't super inspiring yeah, from we, them either. We both definitely expected a bit more of an offensive yeah. performance, I think, because you know Basel can play offensively well and thought maybe there'd be a little... But don't, usually, but yeah. yeah. But they can. Yeah, They're capable of it. And we thought, I thought, at least against Zalgiris, they should mm-hmm. be able to unlock some of their And I've seen Zalgiris play some fun stuff at home previous, so I just expected them to be... But Basel seemed to have contained them pretty well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The other side of the group, Punic 2, Nil Slovan, Bratislava. Woo, 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 yep, woo, 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 woo. This one did come through for me, picking Punic. I even picked them to win by less than they actually won by. Um, but, uh, like, I, we warned you about Bratislava. Like, these guys suck. <laughs> they did win the XG battle and, sh- and stuff, but they don't score. They just don't score, you know? Uh, these teams somehow combined for zero shots on target today. I don't understand. How do you how. score two goals? <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Maybe they both hit the post and went in. I don't know how that works. Or maybe but, deflections. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. But I'm confused. Whatever. Uh, we what didn't a, see. We didn't. We haven't seen the game. Yeah. Just to put it out there. That's how we, we haven't watched this game. That's, that's how we're gonna end it. That's how we're gonna with end the game. We didn't. Watch. Goodbye, everybody. That was fun. Actually, before we go though, we do have our you know we have our little shtick. Um, so David, what would you say the biggest surprises of the day are? I'm going to read out the options to you in no particular order. Mm -hmm. Your five options are Michelin. Okay. Karabag. Okay. Sivispor. Okay. Dnipro 1. Or Lek. Hmm. I, I mean, Michelin's the easy answer, right? They have to be the biggest surprise. Yeah. Not the fact that they gave last year trouble, like we mentioned, but just how good they were and how much better they were today than Lazio was mm-hmm. shocking. It was. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, why would we do best fans now? Our mm-hmm. options are Trabzonspor, Karabag, Hapoel Beersheba, mm-hmm. Silkeborg, and Kolm. I was going to have Ren top of my list today until they started throwing shit on the pitch a couple of times. So yeah, they've been... At the players sitting on the bench Yep, so they've well. been disqualified from this competition. Let that be a lesson to you, Ren fans. Yeah. You won't win the Any Given Thursday Best Fans Award you fucking if you won't. stuff on the pitch. What's your answer? Oh, man. There's a lot of good choices here. Uh, the Colton fans look great. Uh, 
Trabzon Spore we knew about. Silkborg was... I was a little surprised to see how many people were crammed up in there mm-hmm. and the passion that they showed when they scored. But for me, it comes down to Quarabog and Hopewell. You know, those fans were great. And I'm going to go with the Quarabog fans. They packed right. a huge stadium. Love it. Yeah, it's like 30,000, isn't it? Yeah, they look great in there. And Good answer. I'm choose them. Love it. All right, Max, I'm going to reverse it on you and ask who you thought the worst fans were. Mm-hmm. So you had Monaco, who maybe 20 people showed up yeah about to. 20 yeah basaksha here about 70 yeah a, yeah. a few more you yeah. know a little bigger more stadium yeah yeah um and then arsenal nowhere no one showed up literally no fans, no fans. how embarrassing is that well I, they were preoccupied uh, you know they had to go yeah see. they had to go more in or they had whatever to go look at a casket yeah <laughs> um we should probably stop making fun of it but i'm not <laughs> no. going to yeah it's that. objectively hilarious it's how stupid yeah it's just how just... much the country is shut down for it <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're going to kill their own team's coefficients if they keep going like this. Um, well, Arsenal, that's a funny joke. Uh, I am going to go with Monaco here because we know Bashakshi here don't have fans anyway. Mm-hmm. And so that didn't surprise me that much. Monaco, like, I guess like midweek, like maybe you don't expect it to be packed, but they already don't play in a huge stadium mm-hmm. for nobody to come at all today was pretty discouraging. If I was a player, I'd be like, what the fuck? We a- finished, we've been finishing top three. Like in the like, what what else do you want from us? Yeah, it is you know it's a tough situation as a, I guess player for Monaco because like you're not going to be able to attract new fans because yeah it's a relatively small city the suburbs around it aren't huge places and on the Côte d'Azur you have a lot of other big cities and not much yeah. in between them and if you live in Nice or you live in Marseille you're gonna support Nice and Marseille you're not gonna support Monaco yeah. So it's like, where do you get new fans? You don't. Yeah, but you right? still have usually you have enough fans to show up to a home game. game. Yeah, on the this weekend. was this was especially bad. I'm it was not like trying nobody to say there. They fans. I actually wonder what the attendance numbers were because it was <laughs> it was it was, a, it was so empty. Oof, it was, yeah. but also not like they didn't shut any part of it off. Right, normally teams will shut off certain sections, so at least part of it looks packed. Right, not everything was everything was so empty. Sparse. Yeah, super embarrassing for them. Um, all right. We're going to go to a little happier subject. Kits. The best kits. The choices we have for you today. And I should mention, uh, with the kits, there will be no repeating contenders from last week. That said, you can repeat a club if they're wearing a different, a different jersey. Kit. And we'll start with a uh, repeated club. The Manchester United away kits today nice. are an option. Red Star away kits as well. The Feyenoord home kits. The Jurgarden home kits. And the Quarabag home kits. So this is a good, uh, I like this list because it has a good sort of variance to it. The Jure Gardens, uh, well, I don't think are technically super well designed, have just a lovely and unique color combo, which is a light blue and a dark blue stripe opposite one another. Uh, I don't feel like you see that combination very often. Um, uh, Red Star, uh, we're wearing kind of cool away kits, white with sort of a cool pattern along the stomach that I quite liked. Um, and also some really nice trim around the neck. Uh, Manchester United, unfortunately, just have really good kits this year and last year. They have a really clean white with a cool patterning on the sleeves and the neck. Um, Feyenoord are sort of there as a classic reminder of what a great half and half jersey can do. A white with the red. Sort of a little white square built around the back number, too. Yeah, it's New York. Before we were so rudely interrupted by the car horns going Indeed. off. Um, and uh, Carabag, meanwhile, 
has a what looks at first like a pretty simple white off-white kit. They have this really sort of ornate patterning on it that is quite lovely. Um, so a lot of great options here. I am going to go with I liked it. It was clean, but let's move on to worst kits. Um, I'll give you the options. Please do. Again, you had Bishakshi here in what I think is an alternate kit. I don't know, but it was like orange, orange Orange tops, blue bottoms, and orange socks, which doesn't sound terrible. In fact, a lot of my favorite teams in the United States have that color scheme, but it's done really badly. Yeah. Really strange, ugly trim. Another one, Ludo Goretz kits today. We'll yeah. Conversation. I'd say, I don't even know how to describe those Ludo Goretz kits. They're like a weird shade of blue and then like a weird neon-y shade of green just on the sleeves. It make, they don't make no sense. HJK's away. Ugh. Uh, what was the fucking HJK away? It was just uh, it was just basically just like yellow. Yeah. There's no, no trim. That's it. No trim. The AZ Home. Uh, yeah. The AZ Home was disappointing it was just like red with just a couple of different very slight variations of red just in in like weird sort of stripes on that it didn't come through it didn't come through i don't, I don't know what they were doing with that what they're trying to do with that and then the freiburg away uh the freiburg away um for the record the worst kit every week is going to be sheriffs <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i picked them last week and they so they can't or they were on the list last week yeah. so uh, i'm not trying not to repeat but those AYSO bullshit, like, black with white stripes and the inverse of that are shocking. They're absolute shockers. Um, the Freiburg away kits um, are pretty much just, like, grayish black, like, and, and slightly different shades from the sleeves to the to the body. I found those pretty underwhelming from them. I don't, their home jerseys are nice this year, but Freiburg have often struggled, I think, with the design the last couple of years. Um, so that's a notice. It's a notice to them. That's a warning. <laughs> um, my answer is going to be <gasps> Ludicrous. Okay. It's just kind of a mess. Yeah. I don't like it. Uh, who do you think had the most impressive performance today? Your options are Micheland, Feynord, Karabag, Freiburg, or Balkani. Hmm. In you defeat. Know, Balkani in defeat. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, just the... I feel like Lech should be on here, too, probably. Had. Yeah, Lech would definitely deserve to be on this list. Probably just got left off. Mm-hmm. Freiburg were obviously very good. I don't think I have to explain too much more no. about that. Feyenoord feel like the team I should choose mm-hmm. because they won 6 nothing. Ran rampant. But, you know, there were other impressive performances, and I thought Sturmgras maybe just not up to snuff. Against Feyenoord, that isn't to say Feyenoord weren't very impressive. Not in a great, also. not in a great space today though. Michelin playing Lazio though, that's a very impressive opponent, mm-hmm. and to beat them the way they did, definitely has them in the conversation. But you know, I feel it was more of a disappointing performance from Lazio, mm-hmm. which is why I'm gonna go with Quarbag. Love it. They just outplayed. Not they were yeah. a much better team, much better yeah. than them today, and. For announced themselves like, to the to the competition, I think. Yeah, and being from Azerbaijan, nobody expected much from them. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we've heard the name before, they've been in this competition before. We know who they are, but uh, I thought they looked really, really good. Yeah, and they looked good while looking good too. Because I agree with you about those kits. Lovely, I just love the really nice. The pattern gives it like a little bit, almost silver reflectiony look mm-hmm. to it when they're playing, and then you see it up close and it's stunning. 
Stunning. But I'll stunning. hop off of the Warbuck train yeah. right now. And we can move on to the most disappointing performance. So you have Lazio. You have Olympiacos. No. Whose performance today was not very good. Not very good. At Monaco and Fiorentina. Uh, so Fiorentina are obviously bad. But Bishakshi here are slightly better competition. So, you know, that's an excuse you can make. I think Olympiacos at home really shitting the bed against Freiburg was very disappointing, but not that surprising. So I can't choose them. I think Nantes as well, um, we kind of saw coming a little bit just because of the nature of the, of, of the match. Um, so that's going to come down then between Lazio and Monaco. Lazio, absolutely symbolic and are probably the right choice here, but I'm actually going to go with Monaco yeah. because they ruined their good start um, to the campaign in Europe. Uh, they played at home, uh, They and they got just all around it was bad vibes there. They didn't create much, if anything, um, and the Hungarian champions kind of took them for a ride at the end, and I think it was possibly the most dreary uh, performance of the day. Um. Yeah, so who, which country won the day, do you think? Our options are Turkey. Like, finally, am I right? Uh, Belgium, Scotland, Azerbaijan, Hungary. I feel like you don't want me to pick Scotland. No, be because active. they were had one game. Like, it was also and they the beat first, a Latvian team. <laughs> it was also the first group stage win by a Scottish team in, like, 15 years. Yeah, just insane. Belgium, two wins and a draw. I think that should go a long, long way. What do you way. mean it was the first Scotland... By a non-old firm. Oh, team? by a non-old firm. Team. I literally said that. Yeah. Oh, I missed. It. <laughs> you gotta, like, you that's gotta a listen. Bad, that's a bad take. It's, it's, they're, they're fifth option. I, just Max. Pick a I team. had to make pick the a list. Team. Pick a team. I needed a fifth team for the list. Pick a team. Uh, well, country. You mean? Pick a country. Azerbaijan and Hungary. Similar situation. Only got one win. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a very impressive win. Very good for their country. But because especially only, for the Hungarians. Yeah, but because it was only one win, I'm not gonna pick them. You know, they were looking good. Belgium had two wins and a draw, although both those wins were probably ones they should have won. And because of that, I'm going to go with Turkey. I think we've just been waiting for them to kind of Yeah, and we've been ripping on Turkey, too. Yeah. For, so they, they deserve their moment in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Very good performance from most of the Turkish teams. And I think that that can go a long way for them. Also, right, let's wrap it up. With, oh, you want to say something else? Oh, yeah. They jumped Greece in the coefficient standings because of that. So that's probably... Damn. You know. Damn, dog. Uh, let's wrap it up with which country lost the day. Our options are France, Cyprus, Italy, Greece, and Austria. Yeah, so France, just to start off, every country loses each day that France continues to exist. Every we need, country hurts. We need to get rid of France. Sometimes. Their disdain on <laughs> yeah. our globe. Such a drama. But... Today, they were also really, really bad. Monaco lost at home. Rennes were held to a draw at home. Nantes got embarrassed in Azerbaijan. And Nice were held to a draw in Serbia, so not a day from the French. Probably the right answer. Cyprus were also pretty bad. They only had one win, two losses, and none of their teams are in a position to get out of the groups. Italy, we know. I mean, Roma probably saves them here since they delivered. But two losses when they probably should have won all three of their games. And both losses were super embarrassing. Yeah. Definitely deserves to be in contention. Greece only have one team. That team's on zero points after two match days. And now they've dropped below Turkey on the coefficient table. And they might get passed by Cyprus and Israel, which would make them the worst Eastern Mediterranean league. Damn. And Austria, over 2 Both teams getting beat 
pretty embarrassing scorelines there. But I think what saves Austria is that, you know, the performance from Austria-Vienne wasn't as bad as the scoreline, and that's why I'm choosing France. Because I think France, France should have had it's the fair. three wins, probably, at least yeah. from today. I think that would have been the expectation. And to get zero yeah, is terrible. not good. I think that's absolutely the right choice. Um, and you know what? That's going to wrap it up yeah. for us here today. You today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching along with us. Um, we're off next week for, for previews and post views, if you will, Ooh. because there is no match week next week. It's going to be an international break. Um, finally so we're going to take relax. the Thursday off finally, <laughs> um, but we will be posting on Monday Club Spotlight number three, Slovatsko, who we will mispronounce the entire I time. Who I called Slovako the entire time, and we'll continue to do so probably. Um, so check that out on Monday. It'll be fun about that small little provincial club I just waxed poetic about in Cologne. Um, but otherwise, cheers to the gaffer. There it is.